Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Join us on our quest to Tirazlin, where magic and adventure await us as we discuss the film and series Willow, here on Normies Like Us. I will consult the bones. I am a powerful sorcerer. There's a, a pack here with an acorn pointed at me. You know, there's skill and there's talent, and I just happen to have both. You are Elora Dannon, not blood of Chimeria, future empress. High Priestess, sent from Sorceress of the Nine Realms, and the world's last, best hope against the evil coming to destroy us all. You heard it up top. We are going on a magical journey to a far-off land as we talk about, hmm, a George Lucas property that nobody talks about? That's right, because on this special episode, we're going to be talking about Willow, the film in the series here. On normies like us, with your host, uh, a prince of Colin Schmier. <laughs> nice. I'll be uh, Mike Mardigan, the world's greatest podsman. <laughs> wow. And Mike Mardigan is great. <laughs> That's right. And this is Jillo. I'm just a a young, unassuming Nelwyn from my home farm. Jillo of mm-hmm. good. Jillo of good. That's right. That's right. I'm a sorcerer, and I will destroy you. <gasps> I'm the high so Aldwin. Yeah, I have a stick. I have a stick now. It's a catalyst. Watch out. Yes, you have uh, Sharon Sharondrella's wand. So many <laughs> names. So many words being thrown yes. out because we are talking about a fantasy series. We don't get to talk about a lot of them. But no, we're not talking about Lord of the Rings. We're not taking a a trip to Westeros. You know, and, and one of our favorite things to talk about. Right? Instead. We're going to the magical kingdom of Tyr Aslin, which obviously we are all super familiar with. Obviously. Uh, and it is the setting for uh, the 1988 film epic by Ron Howard, uh, Willow, which we'll, we'll talk about. And of course, again, this, this series reboot from Disney Plus now uh, that has come out here and finished in the new year. What a great topic to talk about to kick off, right? The new year. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you guys, like... What is your history with Willow? Mm. Well, yeah, for me, you know, I'm not too familiar with Willow before uh, before now. Colin, you said, uh, watch the show. It's it's uh, pretty good. You guys should check it out. I said, all right. I've never seen the movie, uh, but I watched the first episode of the show. And then I was like, all right, I'm a little confused. Let me go back and watch the movie, which is also on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and... You know, if I, I certain parts seem familiar, so I think I maybe have seen it when I was like very young, but don't totally remember it. So it was kind of like experiencing it again for the first time. But I watched the movie, uh, thought that was a lot of fun, and then I finished the rest of the series. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Nice, nice. I uh, I had seen it the, the movie when I was a kid, like on VHS, maybe once. I hadn't seen or really thought about Willow in about <laughs> 20 years, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I, I watched it out of order, though. I figured I probably remember enough. And then I watched the show all the way through and was like, oh, geez, I should probably rewatch uh, the movie. So I did it backwards. I'll let you know how that was about. And you guys can clue me in on any references I probably missed. But Colin, how yeah. about you? Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, as you guys said, I, I kind of teed you off to the show. 
my dad was like, hey, I'm watching this Willow show. It's bad. You should check it out. And I, that is the caveat I keep recommending it to people with. It's bad. You'll like it. Um, I'm also going to defend more than that and maybe complain more than that when we talk about that. Mm-hmm. But my history with the movie, like, I want to pose to you guys because you're both saying, like, you've maybe seen it but don't remember. I want to declare this. This is a sleepover classic, boys. This is a movie you do not own on VHS. This is something you see at another kid's birthday party and you're like, what was that movie I saw? And later you think it's Conan and you're like explaining to your friends like all the scenes in Conan with like the magic stick wand. And people are like, no, 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 that is not what that is at all. Right. That's my experience. For me. I I think that might be the same to you. (laughs) Well, for me, sleep the sleepover movie always was for some reason the Princess Bride. So I saw the Princess oh. Bride a bunch when I was a kid, which is another you know like eighties fantasy movie. Yes, um, and that's that's a, that's a great movie. But uh, I think I, saw, I half remember seeing this. Also, Legend by Ridley Scott. Yes, another uh, mm-hmm. mid eighties fantasy movie. They kind of all blend together. Half remembered movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would argue. I, to be fair, I did think that the Willow reboot, I was like, damn, they're going to get Tom Cruise back. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a different thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I did kind of conflate guys. the two. Yeah, for sure. But uh, what do we think it is? It's, you know, we'll talk about it. The movie didn't land. It's just interesting that between the three of us, three guys who we all like fantasy, mm-hmm. we all play Dungeons and Dragons. We, we've all sort of like, you know, talked about us delving into the fantasy world. None of us are like, yo, I had an older brother who we called, you know, Mad Mardigan because, like, we love this movie so much. No, it just was not there. No. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I was just going to say there's a bit of an avatar where you can't really name anybody but Willow and Mad Mardigan. You kind of can, but, you know, like, there's a lot of nouns that that just fall right out of your brain. (laughs) Well, it came out, you know, obviously before... Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, which kind of blows it out of the water. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, like a poor imitation of Lord of the Rings or, and this is my experience rewatching the movie. Uh, you know, obviously the story was by George Lucas. This movie has a lot in common with star Wars, right? Obviously the whole hero's journey, Joseph it's Campbell, fantasy star Wars, uh, it's fantasy star Wars. And e- even down to all the characters, they all have like an analog to star Wars. You know, Mad Mardigan is fantasy Han Solo. Uh, Willow is Luke slash Frodo, kind of. Uh, Right, well, uh, you know, I could go on. How about we break that down when we dive into it? Because much like Star Wars, it also got a spinoff television series on Disney Plus. So more in common than we think. So I say, yeah, let's dive right in. Let's go to um, whatever that's, what's this kingdom called? Tiraslin. Tiraslin, my favorite fantasy kingdom. We're going right now. (laughs) Catch you over there, Daikini. We are back here on Normies Like Us, where we once again are visiting a faraway kingdom. That's right. We're visiting 
Therese Lane. Talking Willow. I'll complain up top. Uh, Jacob, you were just about to go into the story development of this. It comes from George yeah. Lucas. You were just talking to Joseph Campbell of it all. He knows that these epic tales need story names that are bigger than the heroes. It's not called Luke Skywalker. It's called Star Wars. You don't want to call right. your series Willow. You know, you should call it, I guess, Tirazlin, which is not a great title. <laughs> the Chronicles right. of Tirazlin. Like if, if, if Lord of the Rings were called Frodo, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, well, obviously the star of Willow is a little guy named Warwick Davis. That's right. Uh, first popped up, obviously, in Return of the Jedi, uh, playing Wicket the Ewok, uh, which was originally going to be played by Kenny Baker, he had some kind of conflict or something, couldn't, couldn't do the part. Uh, Warwick Davis was like an extra for the, the Ewok stuff, but he stood out to George Lucas and he's like, let's get this kid. He was only like, you know, 13 at the time. He's a, he's a kid. Uh, and he just had that charisma, I guess. George Lucas is like, all right, he's he's our Wicket. Uh, and then he's like, you know what? I'm developing this fantasy movie. W- Wicket. W- yeah. Willow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Wicket's the so sorcerer like, of the village. In, in the and, Ewok uh, war, yeah. pretty much yeah. and he for some reason he's like warwick davis this is the star of my fantasy film willow and uh obviously warwick davis at the time of filming was only a young lad of 17 mm. so um, mind-blowing yeah he's a leading man before he was legally a man warwick davis oh, right a legend not yeah. to be confused with legend the movie that's similar to willow but yes willow. that's right <laughs> so uh yeah, obviously George Lucas took this uh, basic framework laid out by Star Wars. Like I said, the characters. Uh, it's also got Lord of the Rings in there being, uh, instead of a ring, Willow is tasked with protecting a baby, Laura Dannon. Mm-hmm. Heard of her. There's some biblical, um, some Moses child in a, in a basket, you know, down the river stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you've got Mad Mardigan and Sorsa. That's the Han and Leia dynamic there. You've got Bav Morda, the emperor uh if you will and uh you've got pharaoh what the brownies those are the uh droids so oh i really comic relief characters yeah 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 yeah. okay it's a magical world where things like brownies can exist super teeny tiny people nelwyn small people hobbits almost as you've sort of pointed out as it were Um, full-sized humans we get trolls we get two-headed chimeras breathing fire. We get fairies. We get the queen of the fairies. Magic. Dura. Yes, we get yeah. uh, Fan Razel, you know, the great sources. We get people wow. turning into it's, pigs and all it's kinds of a, fun stuff. a huge, big, fun, exciting world. And Jacob, exactly how you're saying it, you feel George Lucas being like, yeah, and that's what it's going to be. But my take is the characters. I have cracked the characters that people like in film. Man Mardigan's going to like not adhere to the quote unquote hero's call. And then he's yeah, going to do something for cool. At first. And he's going to be selfish. In the cause. But then he, and then yeah. literally a character is going to say to him, when did you join the, a cause? And he's going to, you know, like outright, you know, run out and like fight and do stuff. Also that character's exactly. name was Eric. Let's remember that. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, he named his son after that and, guy. And, <laughs> boy, for some reason. That's canon. And you you <laughs> truly do get almost hubris in the sense of George Lucas now is a kingmaker. He has stepped away after Return of the King. He stepped away after the first film to remind everyone he in that run, he only directs, quote unquote, a film in 1977 called Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, 
Empire Strikes Back, somebody else, Return of the Jedi, somebody else. So after Return of the Jedi, Richard Marquand, of course, he's already given that seal of approval, going to go on to have a huge career as well. He's right. scooping up other people and he spots coming off of Cocoon, a young little curly redheaded chosen prophecy child named Alora Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Who, who Ron was a former TV star, you know, who had right. juice, was like a well-known, good kid, has this good directing career. Cocoon's a hit. And he goes, here it is. I've cracked the code. I've cracked the other code of picking up talent. This movie is going to be a surefire hit. And like we kind of said, culturally, I mean, guys, this the film was nominated for, for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Screenplay. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot really? of people might have had the same complaints where it's like, wow, this seems awfully familiar to Star Wars. It's a very generic kind of hero's journey story. And as much as the world building is fun, it's like it doesn't really kind of transcend that genericness at times. Um, but I think maybe the world wasn't ready for it. If it, was, if it came out yeah. in the 2000s when there's a lot more fantasy type stuff that's popular, obviously Game of Thrones was like the most popular show for like a decade. So... It might have got a different reaction, but maybe they weren't ready for it in 88. I think they were over it. I think um, we're coming off the backs of like He-Man and Master of the Universe. Conan had already come out. We're like at the tail end of our our sword and sandals, our beast mastering as a society. You know, in the 90s, we're going to get, you know, you know, whatever we did in the 90s. But we were kind of over like fantasy blockbusters for a little bit and maybe it was just general audience fatigue plus it's like ah, i've and seen peter this jackson in star wars back, peter right? jackson brought it back took uh, about 20 years but he did it but i think uh with willow what kind of stands apart from some of these movies is that it's kind of lighthearted and fun at the yes. end of the day like it's not self-serious about itself no. like it knows it's the it knows it's silly and it kind of leans into that silliness a lot right We made the distinction, of course, on our House of Dragons episode, Jake, about high fantasy is like, or maybe it was our Rings of Power episode. Go back to listeners and check out both. But uh, of being like, oh, I would never swear, like, in the golden glades of Galazazoo. Like, okay, yes. Crazy magic. Low fantasy is being like, boy, you know, suck on my tits, gov. Oh, there's a dragon there. You know, like all that shit. Right. Willow yeah. is that interesting thing, kind of Princess Bride-esque, like you just said, that exists mm. at the in-between where there can be adult situations, but it never disrespects the fantasy world it is creating. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the world a lot, actually. I think fun is the key thing to this one. It's a fun movie. Yeah. And it's yeah. got comedy it's elements. Right. I mean, Matt yeah. Mardigan, like he's he's a great swordsman, but he also can get into some hijinks sometimes. He can do uh, drugs. He can get hit yeah. by love spells. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the world building, it wasn't, it's kind of there in broad strokes in the movie. I, th- I feel like it gets filled out a lot by this show, right? Like they really yes. expand on the world. And for my Star Wars comparison, I feel like this show is kind of the Force Awakens of Willow, right? Yeah, which is, it's it's tough. It's I a tough that. break that it's named Willow, the movie. Like, because yeah. that's what you, that's what you, you have, you know, Velma. That's the spinoff for a solo character. That's what the show should be called, uh, no, right? right? I, didn't, I don't yeah. know if it's good or not, but, you know, yeah. you would spin off with a single character's name. Yeah. Um, but. Because even uh, the show, yeah, you want to call like the Allure, you know, the quest for Allure Dannon or yeah. yes, mm-hmm. you know, Willow colon something. Even just, you know, we've talked so much about legacy sequels. Boy. 
It always bugs me when one is just called the year of this one. <laughs> 22. And the thing is, Willow, yeah. I mean, he was the star of the movie. He's not the star yeah. of the show. He's more right. in the Obi-Wan mentor yeah. role now or the Luke, the Luke. You know, Luke in the new sequels. Yeah. Uh, so it's not really Willow the show. It's, you know, Kit and Alora and all our new favorite characters, right? And Jade yeah. and Borman. And how many more can we yeah. name? If, yeah. if Flash well, Thompson. Raiden. It's so yeah, thing. If we're, if we're going to get into the show, let's let's set it up on that. But I'll, I'll just say, like, something has happened. I did recommend it to you guys. Like, and, you know, I told you my father recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. That same caveat of, like, it's not all there, guys. It's not all there. But you'll like it. I'll just say, guys, like, now I've rewatched all these episodes, like, three times each. Oh, wow. Truly, wow. like, like. I'm like super, super into the show. So I want You're to the number one Willow fan all of our in the world, probably. Now. Right. Uh, we're <laughs> going to go numbers? into spoiler territory. We're going to talk about the right. whole thing, but also just, just that heads up of like, I am a homer on this. Like, you know, sure. again, like we're wrong about these things. You don't have to take our taste to the full way. The same way that I'm like, Oh, I didn't like the eighties movie as a kid. Now I watch it and I think it's really quaint. Things change. Your taste changes. Yeah. And for some reason this is hit. Yeah, I just want to say one last thing about yeah, the let's, show. Please, let's please. Well, um, about please. the show, <laughs> about the movie, no, about the movie. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying let's sorry. let's do uh, we yeah. did, did we like it? Let's give our final yes. general thoughts oh, yes, about please. the movie. Did, right? You know, it's not amazing. It's not like groundbreaking to me, but it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed watching it. And I just want to say, Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan, he's ah, a delight, and he's a delight. Uh, you know, I'm missing me some Val. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely, so, Mad Mardigan, you're the man. He's the MVP of the movie for me, too. I mean, it's great. Like Warwick Davis, he's 17 years old, maybe he turned 18 during production. Like, he's great. The The world is fun, and I appreciate that most of the effects hold up, you know, except for some of the blue screen with the brownies. But I, yeah. like, the, I like the use of well. scale where we have, you know... Daikini and then Nellowin were the littlest people. No, oh, we got even littler little people. people. <laughs> but yeah, I like when they're like trying to cut the rope on the barrel. Big. Yeah, like there's little moments like that that play with kind of the way the characters interact with the world at different scales that I thought was neat. Swimming in beer. Yeah, they're annoying the brownies. He's drunk. Know. Yeah, yeah, he's right. So I think yeah, it's fun. Not incredible, but I would I would watch the movie more frequently than I think I do. I'm going to turn yeah. it on again in the future, I think. I would agree yeah. with that. The name is, again, the name was the issue. No. As kids, I think we all tried to focus on like, oh, it's called Willow. I'm going to see if I like Willow. I agree with you guys. Watching it now, Mad Mardigan's not only the best part. I would say his romance with Sersha is what I find the most interesting as an adult. Yeah. When mm-hmm. he's doing like the poetry and stuff to Joanne Whaley. Uh, his real Ooh. life uh, somebody who was swooning yes. at the time. Yeah, they met on the set, right, and they got married and were married for like eight years. He, uh, got he, divorced eventually, I think. Like but. Jacob, you imagine the scene where she kicks him in the face on the horse. Him just with that theater background and how just like wild and just like crazy Val Kilmer is and in love, just being like, let's do it again. Like, you know, just like improving and like just making her laugh and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is like such a fun, wholesome movie. And it just really gets me through that. It really is that like Han and Leia dynamic where it's like Falcon, like Mad Morgan, he's like a rogue, but he's he's likable. You know, he's got a heart yes. of gold and uh, kind of, you know, she she kind of is won over by him over time. Yes, she is the princess villain too. of the She's Darth Vader, essentially. Yeah, and true. revealed Daughter to be Princess Florida. Leia, Mike. Right, but she's technically a princess. I'm just saying, yes, she's yeah. she's the right hand of the villain, but she's also the princess. Yeah. So it serves two functions, Leia and Vader. And General Kale, right. this, you know, ridiculous Skeletor stand-in. 
Oh That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and he'll be very important in the show, obviously oh, too. Just you wait. <laughs> yep, yep. But uh, so yeah, I think we like Willow the movie enough, right? It, it, yeah. I'm somehow we've all turned a corner on it. It's just one of those gems again. I don't know if it's just that we just had like Mike said other '80s fantasy movies that it's like. Well, I Masters was watching of the, the Universe, Princess Bride a you know, lot. Or, or Princess Bride or these things where it's like, fuck Willow. But now I'm like, no, leave Willow alone. I try to yeah. compare, you know, Inigo Montoya and Mad Mardigan now. They're pretty neck and neck. They're both really fun characters. I, like I think that. Princess Bride right, is, I, like that. I prefer that movie more, but I think there's a lot of validity in Willow that it's overlooked. Give it a chance, wow. people. Yeah, absolutely. And it just has that sense of fun in like... Movies in the 2000s, a lot of times they try to be edgy. They try to be dark. This movie, it has dark moments, but it's not trying to be edgy like that, right? It's just having, it's Classic just having a good blockbuster. time. blockbuster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good old-fashioned fun. Right. Trusting kids to handle a little bit more serious subject matter in that era. Yeah. Know? Just yeah. be home before dark. But yeah, so that's that's the movie. And now... The new main event, right? That's right. Now we get the show. So the after Willow these awakens. events where this this <laughs> little Willow farmer awakens. who was revealed to actually have some magical ability has saved the, the baby Allure Danon from the wicked sorceress Bavmorda. We mm-hmm. get this setup where it cuts to in real time, I guess, right? It, it's been the, the what? Well, I guess 40 it years it for be, us. It can't be real yeah, time. Because those kids because, can't be 40. Yeah, yeah Laura Dannon would be like 35 now. We don't know so, what yeah. age rate is in It's Tel maybe Aviv. like a decade before okay. now, I guess. It's like time. 20 years later, let's right, say. Yeah. Let's, let's say, because most of our team cast, but we we now get this uprising of a new magical threat has come to Tearsleen, which the disappeared Willow of Good has warned our kingdom about. But we see the return of Joanne Whaley as now Queen Sorsha of Tiresleen, who has had to put in hiding a Lord Dannon. We'll get to her in a bit. And now has the two troubled children, um, Eric Wins. and Katharathitho or something like that, Kit, Kit. Uh, with Mad Mardigan. So mm-hmm. guys, first off, Joanne Whaley's back. That's Joanne right. Whaley's back. Val Kilmer, not as back. But... Uh, yeah, and so now she's raising these these twins, I guess. Uh, Kit and Eric, who are the prince and princess, princess and prince, obviously. Uh, yeah. Kind of a flip of the role, Jacob. Uh, instead of like having a prissy princess, we instead have this overdone prince who's sort of useless Eric, yeah. arrogant, kind of a prick, in love with a barmaid named Brewhilda, who he calls Dove. Um, and you call it's just dove? sort of, well, <laughs> of course he's a man of love. He's a, he's yeah. an Eros himself. Right. And, uh, to counterpose that his sister Kit is the fierce mad Mardigan warrior who has inherited his skill, has an interest in the blade, but is setting up to be a princess and set up to be married off to, uh, a prince of a, a new kingdom as Tira's is opening up their borders, which they have not done since the incidents of this film. Right. Right. I think and that's these, uh, Galadorn, right? That's yeah, Galadorn. That's 
Flash Prince Thompson Raiden is the of Prince. Galadorn. Right. That's um, right. Tony Ravioli. That's, that's right. That's I, right. Tony Ravioli. I want to mention after watching the movie, having not seen it, and then getting a feel for Mad Mardigan, you know, if he has skill in a sword of steel and a tongue of silver, you know, the son has the, the poetics that he's throwing on mm. Portia, and then she gets the swordsmanship. And there's also a little bit of the mother in both of them, too. You know, she's, yeah. she's no slouch when it comes to fighting and stuff, too. Yeah, and no. she got her own fight scenes in the movie as well. Yeah. It's turned on her own mom. Yeah. The she kids uses make sense to have those blades, parents. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, or buy it. That they've descended so we have from Kit, those two. We have Eric, we have Graydon, which is the prince of Galadorn. That's going to be married to Kit. We have Kit's best friend and, and training. Maybe partner. more. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's who's right. training to be a knight of Galadorn, or she's going to be leaving to be a knight of Galadorn, who was sort of an orphan who was raised by our guy, Ralph Innocent, wow. the Green Knight himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for our last uh, kind of young character, we have, of course, Dove, this kitchen maid who... Uh, the Muffin Girl or whatever. More. Yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a wench. She's an idiot. You know, she she's bakes. just a blonde ditz, basically. And that's, you know, she's set up as just being a good-natured person who you kind of can't count on. To counterpoint, Jacob, I would say in this first episode, Aaron Kellyman, the actress who plays Jade, striking red hair... Uh, mm-hmm. great skill with a blade. Again, oh, an orphan background you're set up. You, uh, set up. you yeah. go, oh, very interesting. And especially with, we know that from the, the setup of, you know, what the speeches uh, Queen Sorsha is giving, Joanne Whaley, of, I put her into hiding, you know, I had to, blah, blah, right. blah. We know Laura Dannon is out there somewhere, but we don't know who she is. This Jade, very interesting. I would certainly sure. never worry about any other character. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's an interesting way to kind of start it where Kit is sort of like the main protagonist, right? And it's interesting to start because you know Alora Dannon, the baby in the movie, is going to factor in somehow. Uh, you know, I even thought maybe Kit was supposed to be Alora Dannon at first. I but, wondered uh, that as well. Right. Yeah. No, there's... Uh, um, but, yeah. It's smart and it's they're lucky that the one ring was a human baby that they it's can 20 cool, years Mike. later. Now we have a mystery on episode one. Like it's, it's cool right. to do it that way. And they're, they're not tilting their hand, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, just like Jacob said with that, this slow burn reveal, you know that you're also in modern fantasy hands of everybody has the chosen one prophecy in these, in all media. Now it's not mm-hmm. even just sci-fi or the works that have spawned out of George Lucas esque stuff. Right. Um, but they know that they can't just do that straightforward. So yeah. you are getting um, what I will just say, and we'll, we'll jump ahead to go. Some of these characters go on a quest after Prince Eric is stolen by these new evil forces called the Gales. Don't worry about them because our show doesn't ever want us to worry about them, certainly, because right. it's not like there's a big fucking battle with them or anything. Right, right, right. Piece of shit. Um, and they go off and they go, they are set out on a quest to return him. They assemble a new party. We'll talk about yeah. one other person real quick, but when we get to our, our, the return of our hero Willow, it's modern storytelling. That is sort of a, a middle-class evolution of the character to not go again in the George Lucas route of, well, no, because they do it in the in the Luke Skywalker route of what they mm-hmm. do end up doing of he's he just kind he's of, not. Yeah, he's fucked up. It's there's it's not just the translation of it's been this many years. He has to be the greatest ever. Instead, they go, well, 
we're not going to do that. Instead, we're just going to do great character. And I, I think that's very effective. So, I yeah, think that's well, what we this see shows about, great character. Flashback, we see kind yeah. of him and Sorsha's relationship kind of sours because of over there of how they want to raise Laura Dannon. He thinks that she should be training to be a sorceress while Sorsha is like trying to protect her and keep her hidden. Mm-hmm. So they have a falling out, right? And he kind of rejects the Daikini, right? And the people of Tearsleen kind of just goes back to uh, Nelwyn country and just kind of Comes becomes high the High Aldwin. Yeah. And just right. tries to look after his own people. Um, meanwhile, you got all these young characters, like you're saying, they're going out on this quest. And to me, this is what I kind of really liked about this show is it did feel like a like a D campaign where you have this party of different characters. They mm-hmm. each kind of have their oh, yeah. own side quest going on. That's relates back to the main quest in an interesting way. And they're all kind of going through their own thing, but they've got their different strengths and weaknesses and the party dynamic kind of grows over time. And I think that's what I really, that's probably the strongest part of the show to me. Great. What do you yeah, got? no, I think that's a good way to look at it. They're going, they're on the quest to retrieve the brother that happens to be tied into bigger forces right and then he learns some npcs like willow's just like a really good npc in this he's he's not a main character they're a level three party mike a level 10 sorcerer comes in gives him the quest trains you for part of it i can't come with you or it would be too easy yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah meanwhile you have all these young kids who are all the daughter or son of someone from the movie as we kind of find out but uh uh, and and one old guy who and one old guy is also in jail who is and, a treasure yes. hunter slash mercenary kind of who is friends, uh, old friends with Mad Mardigan who went on this quest with him long ago for the Chimerian Kiros, which is a very Ooh. important part of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we get Borman goes on the quest too. is kind of the bodyguard. We can't just send the kids, send this well, asshole. With Mike, them. he's yeah. a, you go. Okay. So these level three guys, you got to send a level five barbarian with a two handed cleaver. Yeah. And you're just like, a, oh, yeah. a fighter just, out there. I'm just, I'm fanning myself. I love having his own cleaver. <laughs> don't yeah. know how faithful he is to the cause. He's kind of doing his own thing. He might kind of turn on them at any second. We don't really know. Now mm-hmm. that is sort of the injection of my least favorite part is, is that you have Borman, the the roguish barbarian. You have Tony Revolori's Graydon, the roguish mm, artificer slash what's Nerd, he going to be? Yeah. Conjurer or something. He's not a good at fighting, yeah, yeah. but he's good right. at reading arcane language. You have you have yeah. Kit, the roguish mm, I, paladin. Right. Let's say yeah, Willow, the roguish mentor. Thank you. <laughs> All yeah. these characters are like. You can feel these actors leaning and being like, well, I should say something like Han Solo would say right here, right? And you well, just want to be like, one of the members of the team has to like fully yeah. be in the fantasy quest element of it. You can't all just be like, well, that was easy, big eye roll. So this is my biggest yeah. criticism of the show is yes. I think it's the writing. It's yes. It's not always the best. It's very hit or miss. There are points where I'm like... That's really bad writing. There is the Joss Whedon-y, everyone's quipping constantly aspect of it, using kind of modern slang, modern terms, stuff like that. Kind of takes is me out of it sometimes. Is it the Disneyification of it? Is it the Marvel? I think so. Like they think, oh, we every, we need like a, a joke in every scene, or people's attentions aren't gonna, you know, last. But you know, if I mean, obviously the movie Willow had comedy, but they weren't quipping after every scene. It had like, Mad Mart again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Willow was a very, very uh, 
earnest young man. Here, Willow is just making jokes like all the time, which is fine. But, um, you know, it's just it's the writing quality isn't always the best. And I do like the yeah. show overall, but it's there's some parts where I'm just like, mm, that was kind of lazy writing. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of modern slang and stuff. You know, and like modern needle drops too. Which I like it at the end of the episode, but in the beginning, yeah. in the middle of an episode. So there's something tonally with the writing and how they're trying to position it as because it's, it's a teen show. People are calling it yeah. um, the CW or something. I, I think I don't mind the tone, it, the writing, the jokes can miss, but it's like it kind of reminds me yeah. of Xena, like a good old Xena. Like it's like okay that. to be lighthearted, but it there's moments where it works for better. me. But there's there's moments where I'm like, uh, I could have done without that. And there's just certain scenes where like there's some convenient writing like like when they go like when Alora goes off in the woods and meets those two like woodcutting ladies that are wearing, oh with cowboy like, hats cowboy hats so like overalls. who are they what are they what did any of that mean how do they what tie into any anything yeah. right is there a culture of cowboy ladies right. if so where so. <laughs> so i'm a little confused by the world but i mean if they have be more modern mm-hmm. stuff like like even the old fisherman he's kind of like seems like he'd be from a different era but yeah, they all wear denim, which seems to be something that is driving the fan base wild because, of course, yeah. in this fantasy world, you wouldn't have denim or boots that on the bottom you can see labels of. Unfortunately, yeah, you yeah. would have hoped people would have also figured that out. Which I well, think we have Jeans that, Man and Mandalorian. The, uh, yeah, this maybe didn't have the biggest budget sweater in the world, in <laughs> right? So they're doing what they could yeah. with, with what they had. I don't know what the budget was, but it probably wasn't like you know straight take the label off the boots please yeah we gotta return Shot those in location they <laughs> probably mike not, not doing it you're talking do. to me this, i send boots out Shot and location in Wales, I think, mm. is their greatest special effect, Jacob. I think from there, they had kind to of also the, uh, the volume for some stuff too. Yes, one hundred percent. I want to talk about those scenes yeah. for huh. sure. But you, you almost have to wonder if, like, especially, I mean, the paycheck, you know, how it was spread around, like the talent they hire. I would say Warwick Davis is maybe the best actor in it. And Warwick Davis was the leprechaun, I would like to remind you, Jason. So not, oh, right. Yeah, not he's great. the greatest actor of all time. Well, he's the biggest name. I mean, there's all the all the kids are like people from things like uh, obviously Flash from Spider-Man, like we mentioned. Uh, obviously, there's a big solo connection with uh, so Ron Howard directed the movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, Aaron Kellyman was in that. That's right. Uh, and Warwick Davis was in that in sort That's of a cameo right. role. Uh, yep. So there's a big connection there. And obviously Ron Howard directed the original Willow. So I think uh, he also was in the George Lucas car movie, American Graffiti. That's right. Yeah. As an actor. Yeah. So they've had a working relationship. Yeah. That's probably so, yeah. where they met. Yeah. Yep. So the now, ties Jonathan Kasdan is the showrunner of this. He's sort of the quote unquote writer who's sort of doing all these what i would say mucking up the universe jacob but also has an interesting style where he kind of does take like the force awakens approach like you're saying where he goes like what was that symbol in the background of one scene in the original can i turn that into 10 episodes what was right they say the word worm at one point is that you know like can i web out from all that and his connection of course to the ron howard of it all is he wrote solo which stars this guy 
on Solo who puts together a crew to do a job where they all kind of sound like on Solo. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? Woody Harrelson so campfire guess, scene. We, we got yeah. that. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't Howard, revealed to be a wizard by the end, Mike. I would have loved to see Ron <laughs> Howard turn into a possum, come out of a tree. And well, what, like, what, hey, what is Ron Howard's connection? Was it's he me. sort of exec producing this or was he just... I, just I think you just get the... the produ- I think from what I understand, Jonathan Caston had one conversation with each of them, Ron Howard and George Lucas. Basically, none of them offered notes because they were like, who cares like, uh, about Willow, it Willow. seems like. <laughs> yeah. And we're like... Just, you know, we recommend you do your own thing and have fun. And, and he just kind of went from there. So, Well, like you said, there's a lot of expanding of the world, world building in this, where in the movie it was sort of in broad strokes. You heard some of these terms, these names like Galadorn or something, but you don't have a connection really to them. Right. This show is kind of being an eight episode, one hour each episode. It's much longer than the original movie. So they're like, all right, we really need to expand this world out. Ashmere. Kind of Ashmere. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, the worm, the crone, we kind of find out that Bavmorda was not exactly like the most highest force of evil. She a was pawn kind of being, and a bigger scheme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have this crone who was maybe controlling Bavmorda back in the day and who kind of springs eternal and is now trying to retake the world using Bavmorda's blood, which is Eric uh, and Kit, right? Granddaughter. Who will be the harbinger to bring yep. about the worm. The worm is a creature of eternal evil that feeds on the wellspring of all magic. Yeah, that's Again, the three Willow fingers in Elden Ring. This. The frenzied flame. They're just going <laughs> to, yeah. that's all I could think about is the frenzied you're getting, flame in Elden But you're getting Willow saying things like, and of course, when the four children who were the original magic users started the bloodline of the world, they started, of course, you, because that's what Bavmorda comes from. And he looks at like what you assume are the Tantalos twins, like that is that bloodline mm-hmm. and then he also points out that laura dannon is one of these as well she is this harbinger now let's get our reveal here yes yeah. uh blonde little mousy idiot that we've been following the entire time is in fact cook though mm-hmm. that's right but she is not blonde she is a red-headed wonderful sorceress named laura dannon and is the child who was put in hiding and kept close at all one. times Mm-hmm. stunned you know to not get her magical ability to grow hair was dyed with lemons every night or some bullshit they say oh. you know you were perfectly concealed mm-hmm. uh, and you notice we, her hair turns orange after the, the show goes it. on essentially yeah. right she she regains her power but we see the hero's journey passed on to this new character who was of course kind of a star of our original movie it's little girl Laura Dannon yeah that's great she was chosen one. carried off by an owl. <laughs> hey, I yes. stole you. The brownies, they stole him. Do you remember yeah. me? Yeah. She was on a whole no, baby adventure. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I think from this, we get sort of the central dynamic between yeah. what is essentially our two main characters now, Kit yes. and Alora Dannon. Yes. Each a princess, each kind of on her own journey of like, who am I? And Kit, we find out her whole thing is that like, Basically, her dad, Mad Mardigan, always prioritized Laura Dannon, yes. the most important thing of the, you know, the future protector of the world, over his own children. And so Kit always felt like he only cared about Laura Dannon, not her. Right. Really interesting stuff, I think. Yeah, and she's rebellious. She obviously doesn't want to do the arranged 
marriage. We find out yeah. she has some feelings for Jade later. So that plays into yes. it. And Jade's going to go away because she's on a thing. So there's a lot going on with Kit where yes. she's not the most likable at the beginning, but the, the arc no. is good. Like you, you, yes. you understand. She does right? have a really good arc. Yes. And, yeah. She was and, my least favorite character. That's the point. I she think was just, yeah. Yeah. She was just very negative, very cynical about everything, complaining all the time. But she's got a lot going on, like you said. Like she's kind of looked past, you know, her brother is kind of, you know, more. Her mom doesn't than even her. see her, right? You got to do the marriage yeah. thing, right? Nobody sees her, yeah. Right. Even though it seems Except she's Jade. set up to rule. Guys, this is perfect, the mirror. I, this is exactly what I want to talk about. To say, on the other side of that, you have Broomhilda, Dove, Alora Dannon, mm-hmm. who is this character who is like, but I've been told I'm nothing my whole life. Now you're telling me I'm everything. I don't care about that. I'm going on a quest to find the love of my life, Prince Eric. But mm-hmm. instead, she goes on a quest like Kit of self-discovery to, to discover who she is, who her heart really belongs to, which is, of course, Graydon. Uh, mm-hmm. Or in my heart, it's actually well, Kit. We'll see about that. <laughs> right. I, I honestly believe in some things there. Um, and just this, I, I just wanted to ask you both to say, what other show can you even name? where you see two complex female characters like this, let alone Jacob just called them the leads of this show. Both of them. Yeah. 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 And Laura Dan, and what I like with her is that she's like, so now Willow's telling her, like, oh, you're the most powerful sort. Like you, you need to be trained because you're, you have the powerful magic ability. And she's like, well, I, I can't do magic. And she's like full of self doubt in the beginning. She really, you know, has to go All on this whole fear. journey. You need to let it go. Yeah. Magic's and in then, you. She's Magic's trying to grow this bush, right? She's trying to grow this berry bush. Doesn't think that she can do it. And then eventually she gets kidnapped. So she doesn't see that she actually did do it. And then the one that sees that she did it is Kit. The one that was super cynical. The about one it. who, guess what? Has no faith in anything because like her father in the first film, she has no allegiance to a cause. She only believes in the self, the, you mm-hmm. know, doing things for yourself, exploring for yourself, living for yourself. And yeah. Jacob, bad writing. Overall, I think... There's a lot I want to talk about of untapped potential, but bad writing, I think. But then you get these moments where exactly like you said, where you go, that character not being present for her own self-discovery, but to hear it in a moment of boost from the person who is doubting her the whole time is so fucking exciting and fun. And Mike, I just want to throw it over to you again and to say in the D&D aspect of it all. As DMs, you know, we've we've played that role before. You just feel imagination being used, don't you? Like, doesn't that just feel like fun fantasy imagination being explored? And it, yeah. it feels like a good DM is was able to work in the backstories. You know, like they're all weaving together. Yeah. So you have one character who's, like you were saying, completely arrogant and headstrong, completely confident. You have talent and skill. I have both. Right. And then the person who doesn't believe in themselves at all, like you said, they're both going on different journeys, but it's towards the same kind of self-discovery destination. I think yeah, that's really well done to, to the way they can Beautiful. challenge each other to grow even by the reveal, et cetera. So. Give it credit even, for that. A couple bad jokes I'll forgive for, for those kind yeah. of moments. Yeah. You know? No, that's why I said I think this writing is very hit or miss because there are some really strong parts and some parts that I didn't like as much. But I'll say this. I think and then even with Graydon, Jade, and Borman, like they all have their own side quests they're going through in this season. And I'll say this. I think that this is a better continuation of an original than The Force Awakens is of Star Wars where they have these new characters. Wow. Mm. In what's Finn's story over the three movies? You know, right. what's Poe's right. story? Like, they don't get 
they don't get these side quests like this no. is such a much better setup of like a new generation of cast yeah. than than the new star wars movies were you know and it's yeah. just weird because it's named after a guy who's barely in it. But, uh, you know, Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta Dorn, Dorn, whenever she gets um, little Yoda Hello training again. stuff with Warwick, you know, yes. Davis, you know, trying to teach yeah. her the magic. I lift She's up the, the X-Wing, you know, like, yeah. come on. He, yeah. we, we get moments later once they're trapped, um, once they're taken by the trolls, right? And we're going to meet the dumb brownies. Who cares about all that? But we're, yeah. we're literally, he says, I don't have Shellandrella's wand. I don't have my staff. I can't get out of this. We get, again, the equivalent that the great strength of Willow is not going to be that he did end up becoming a great sorcerer. It's no, that they he even is say, a like, good teacher. He's a, a good person. Yeah. They say, yeah. Like, oh, he's not a great sorcerer. Like, he's an okay sorcerer at best, basically. But he's got a great heart. And like he you say, mainly has to use it. a flamethrower that is science that he has put together to rely on to do anything. He and then at yeah, the end, yeah. he's like, I guess I'll shoot lightning. Like, I kind of know how to do that. <laughs> right. He doesn't oh, have the potential that Alora Dannon has. But, no. Uh, yeah. So I really like our main cast. And, yes. um, you know, these these younger actors, they may not be great actors, but I think they all play their part really well. Yes. Uh, I think Borman is great. Like he Borman is the character that should be the Mad Mardigan who's, you know, the rogue and making jokes and stuff. Right. Uh, he, yeah and he does that enough you know what i mean he does. This, his yeah. name There's, is todd yeah. or whatever and he's very self-conscious <laughs> about it <laughs> you're taking me away tying me up i think that is what i want all that yeah. stuff when we get to the bone reavers and stuff and like so uh, his quest as the, the former squire Mardigan, the former squire yes. who has betrayed we're gonna find out and is obsessed with this item jacob because he believes it will bring him redemption again we get this great payoff the redemption's not for him it is for someone he needs to protect who this person he has let down would want him to protect right mm -hmm. that's great that's right but there are so many characters who are set up you're saying as the mad margan but just also the great fighter of the group my issue between him jade and kit is that they're all they all fighters. have badass yeah. weapons they're all literally <laughs> unique like, too you're gonna yeah. be unique I awesome like weapons. weapons yeah you're gonna be the fighter of this crew and then you never really get to see them do badass fight scenes it usually plays out exactly like this block with your sword block with your sword hey i thought this was gonna be easy third block with your sword camera sweeps away we hear that they won the fight right that's, that's every budget. episode uh, yeah except for that one great fight fighters yeah but i think that's part of the D, D party of it all where like they're all really competent at their specific roles graden he's not a fighter but he can read arcana and do eventually magic and stuff mm -hmm. so he's like a junior sorcerer to allura dannon he's a level uh, one he's a level yeah. one they're they started <laughs> well, at three he didn't he have a class yet. He, get, he gets <laughs> well, he a level in one too many times. He yeah. took yeah. a level yes. in Arcana, yes. yeah. <laughs> gets, that's right. He gets negative for necromancy damage. <laughs> that's right. That's incredible. <laughs> he, well, he, I think he, he's the group member that kind of takes as long as to fit into like a certain role. But I do like his relationship with Alora Dannon by the end yes. where he's kind of a supportive friend to her. Mm -hmm. And is also like in love with her but he's also yes. like i know like you're in love with prince eric or whatever but like you know i'm there for you as a friend and everything and switches up the pining you know again this hero's journey and the ya of it all you just know that they're yeah. gonna set up this triangle and just have it be like i look away from afar while you kiss him yeah no. 
<laughs> the confidence because here's his character to talk about Graydon for a second. Yeah. Every interaction he has over every episode is him asking sometimes even the female characters, every member of the party, what does it mean to be a man? And he discovers mm. by the end episode, there is no answer to that. And by breaking the mold and becoming a good person, it ends with Willow saying, you're going to be a great sorcerer, but an even better man, because I know that. And you see this exploration. So Jacob, that moment perfectly highlights it all of, I'm not just this pining person anymore. I've matured. I'm a battle partner for you now. But also, I love you. And I understand you have this other thing, but I need to say that because that's my truth. And right. we're at this end fight we're going to talk about, but the crone basically saying, that guy was honest. His magic was pretty good. You do understand that because that was Graydon's journey the whole time. Right. And in the end, he, spoiler alert, kind of sacrifices himself, trying to save Alora, fails, but then we see he's... He may still be around in the next season. He yeah. wants his MTV. Is. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. Anachronistic song choices, but uh, yeah, yeah. That guitar riff is so <laughs> sick, though. You just have to imagine the guy being like, "It's worth it." It's in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He was my least favorite character early on. I think I remember texting like, "Man, I like this show pretty much. It's working for me." Except Flash Thompson, I am not. I'm not digging his performance, but. The way you it did just, take a little longer to kind of figure out who by the end, I did right? really enjoy him. And, yeah. and even the fact that he's just like, yeah, like he gets chewed out by kid in the very beginning. Like he's at the bottom of the of the, you know, hierarchy yeah. as far as his father's and having purpose. Yes. Right. Him and Borman are the only ones who are assigned who you're like, you don't want them to be part of the crew. Yeah. Right. Right. And he's like, very timid, like, like you said. Tomboy lesbian like we said who's a mm-hmm. who is being forced to marry this guy who that who she could easily kick his ass right so she, so he feels emasculated by his own arranged wife and he's also uh, like kind of cool with her but like i know like this isn't ideal we're just yeah we have to do like, it though, i don't right? want this either yeah, yeah like why are you chewing me out like i didn't plan this either you know so right. yeah he grew on me uh and his arc is satisfying i think by the end too so yeah. writing they're doing it when he's nice to the Mudmander, Mike, I'm like, yeah. I want you to be like the druid of the crew. I want or the the beastmaster. Like, I want you to just be like the guy who has like empathy or something. And it's this slow burn to get there. Yeah, yeah. he could be him and uh, Warwick would just fit right in on Ishinirin or whatever. Just they're just good. Yes, they're just. Well, he's good. kind of the Willow of this group. Like he's the young yes. Willow, where he's like not. He's good. At, he can do magic, but it's not going to be his main thing. Like he yes. just has a big heart and. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, but has to have rock hard abs and say things like, "Whoa, did you see?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, that'll be later. Totally, just not slow it up. But let's let's keep going through. We were talking about Aaron Kellyman a bit. So Jacob, you were talking about it works well because of the connection. So let's reveal now. She is, of course, uh, this abandoned child from this war tribe who were the Bone Reavers, who were absorbed to become the Knights of. Nagora, whatever that, you know, whatever Bav Morda's yeah. evil people were. But yeah. her father is General Kale, General who Kale. was sort of like we said, a pseudo Darth Vader of the film. Yeah, he was He's kind of the lieutenant to heavy. Bav Morda. Yeah, yeah, he had a cool skull mask. His source is Falcon. In the original yes. movie, he was named General Kale after movie critic Pauline Kale as sort of a dig from Lucas to uh, Pauline Kale. That's bullshit. Kale. Oh, the yeah. two-headed monster was named like Siskevers. It's like a Siskel and Abram reference. Oh, That's the other one. Yeah, on. yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, 
But, you know, General Kale, not a super important character in the movie. No. He's a baddie who eventually gets killed by Mad Martian, which is another thing that they kind of draw on in the show where it's like, oh, your dad killed, killed my dad. Killed my dad. It's like, ah, Creates it's okay. an interesting tension for two characters that are trying to become a couple. Yeah. yeah. And then she gets the position of official knight or protector and a first woman to ever get that position. So she's got to go away. And that creates... A- Right. Problem. So she's essentially kind of kidnapped by these knights of Tira's lean, who she's then raised by believing the Bone Reavers are bad. The Bone Reavers, they're more like gray. They're not totally bad. They're kind of doing their own thing in the woods. Yeah. But we find out her sister is now like the leader of these Bone Reavers. Scorpinox. <laughs> yeah. I think your name's Scorpia or something. Scorpina's uh, the one from Power Rangers. Scorpina. Or Scorp- <laughs> yeah. And then she is the love interest, of course, of Borman. So, c- of course, every party bone member reaper. has to be a, uh, have a love interest. Um, That's right. So, yeah. It's very all Jack very, Sparrow very nice. slapped in the yeah. face moment for Borman, kind of. Where, where yeah. So but long? we get... Again, the Captain Ballantyne, Ralph Innocent, shout out both of you who absolutely mm. love Ralph Innocent for some absolutely. reason. Me too. Yeah. He's, he's the father of the Vavitch. It should have been mm-hmm. a Gabby Award nominated. He needs to be um, in every period or fantasy, everything. Because really. he's just got Him the face and, uh, and the voice. Dougal McKenzie yeah. or whatever. That guy played yeah. Dougal McKenzie. <laughs> but my issue is he is, of course, Captain of the Watch. He's possessed. He gets wrapped up with these gales. Again, they don't really matter in the grand schemes of this show unfortunately right. um he presents to aaron kellyman's jade character before they leave this, this is a weapon that was made for blah 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 it's one of a kind here you go mike what is it we don't really ever get to kind of see her use or like there's no final showdown in the episode is it it unsheathes at one point so i know it's not just a polearm do you have right. any yeah, idea like what long, it is? It's like a long sword that has like a long Is it a spear? Is it like a glave? It it's kind like of like a, a short Like it's got a long arm. pole, but it's got like a sword blade on it. So, so it's like a naginata yeah. almost. Okay. Um, it's not a club, which is what I thought it was the entire time. No, it's got time. a blade on it like a sword. Okay. But it's I, just I again, like Borman's weapon the best. Yeah, it's, the it's cleaver like a, is the coolest. Yeah. But to stay on Jade real quick, she uh-huh. says to Kit at one point, you know, all these times that we've been sparring, I've actually been holding back because I am the greatest fighter in Tiresline. And once again, another character is positioning themselves to be the yeah. most badass fighter with a cool one-of-a-kind weapon that we will never see fully get utilized. Yeah, she says she's holding it back against Kit, who, of course, is also a good fighter, as we see in the end. But to protect, obviously, the princess, she didn't want to hurt her. So, And also, she has feelings for her. Uh, yeah, right. You know, right. I'm going to call players. it a Naganata, Mike. Is that what we're settling on? We'll, we'll sub it as a Naganata for now. Yeah, listeners, yeah. tell us if we have it. There's, there's, a, there's it's a, a cool weapon. But you guys like the cleaver the best. I agree. I like the, the cleaver, which is Borman's sword. And then Kit has a cool sword, too. Used. That's kind of like an ornate she sword. She has yeah. Sorsha's original sword from the first movie, the spiked mm. blade curvature, almost a scimitar. And of course, Jacob, she levels up with the power of love and friendship and does yes. retrieve has the, the sword curious. of Mad Mardigan. Oh, that's yes, right. and of course, the curious. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, she does her, her actual level up. She well, does her morphin yeah, time. If you and... notice, <laughs> so... A fun, a fun reference to the movie when she has the Chimerian cuirass that becomes a whole suit and it has a blade in the Iron arm that comes up. out. She's double fit. So she's got the blade in one hand and Mad Mardigan's sword. Yes. Mad Mardigan had that 
in the movie, he had that like blade glove thing and he oh, was double fisting. Right. So she's mm-hmm. doing the same fighting style that's that right. Martin was doing in the movie. Yeah. She, she does the sword flip. You know, if, when you watch the movie, you realize how good of a job, I believe this girl, Ruby Cruz is the actress's name is just yeah. absolutely nailing the mad Martigan of this whole thing. Yeah. 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 She's really good. Um, she's good. Laura, and then the when Laura we have actress, action, <laughs> yeah, I thought she was fine. Like Laura, kind of grew on me over time. Where I first, she's my like favorite character. Much. It's it's hard because I like who she becomes. I do not like how she starts. And I guess yeah. again, that's the point. Yeah, they got to give her an arc. But uh, I think the whole party's pretty strong as a party and how they kind of grow together. We didn't even mention Silas, which is Willow's little buddy that unfortunately dies along the From way the original. in a great fight. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if he was in the original because in the in the movie, there's his best friend is Migosh, right? And I was hoping that they would oh. have Migosh. But, uh, yeah, he's got another friend now. But his name's Silas, and he's a good fighter too, as we see. He's got his little daggers. Uh, unfortunately, he dies in, in a battle. And I was really sad when he died because I thought yeah. he was he was great at keeping Willow in check with like his ego and stuff. Yes. Uh, and just another great side character. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything's fine except the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. The, there's okay, there's some fault. moments. There's some just specific yeah. like moments that I'm like, uh, like, so Jade and Kate are having like this really emotional moment where they're like a kiss and everything in the woods and then all of a sudden a troll grabs kit from behind and kidnapped her it's just like that's like lazy like wait you didn't hear that troll until he was right behind you the trolls never you know yeah here's bad character comedy throughout because again i think it leans too much on the oh i'll have what she's having almost you know Mm -hmm. retorty style quips like you're saying excuse me the the power of the character comedy that comes through i think when allura dannon and Kit are locked up by the trolls and or the Bone Reavers and have to, you know, she's using Shellandreau's wand. It's not working. It's not working. She, Laura Dannon, you know, she's this ditz this whole time. She's too friendly. She's too nice. What a downfall for her. So, of course, what an idiot thing that she would think looking at the wand, rubbing it off. You know, she does a couple blows to clean it and goes, OK, now it'll work. Turns blows the door off they go flying backwards she lands on the ground for a beat her and care like knocked out that's great that works because you're playing to exactly who that character is but then you've got just the quip machines coming in where right after that like willow will be like i mean willow's the worst of it all <laughs> willow, oh, man, willow yeah. has really changed he is truly like from borman i want it because it's like i guess this is borman's role in it or you could have made Borman super serious and have the jokes come later when it's revealed like everybody used to call him skinny and all that stuff. Like making him vain, that's funny. No, yeah. we don't really do that. Instead, it's mainly him being like, Oi, look at that. Or like, watch out for this one. And you know, just like the guy, you're just yeah. like, oh. And Willow, like, they're like, oh, we need to get in the wagon. And then the wagon blows up. He's like, on second thought, let's not get in the wagon. Not that wagon. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very. Know, uh, that yeah. one's a piece of junk. Junk will do. Yes, yes. I mean yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's but the Willow machine that prints like out that their the script. Movie. Him taking out and going like, "Does this work?" And you know, <laughs> yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, everybody over there at Lucas goes, "Yes, it does." Sure. And I mean, uh, this is allowed. like this is Warwick Davis's like highest profile role, yeah. and him getting to 
all right, I'm the I'm the fucking Obi Wan now. Like I'm the mentor. Excuse me, he played the Leprechaun thirteen <laughs> times, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Played the Leprechaun. He played well, Professor Flitwick in Harry Potter. Oh right? yeah, mm. um, but he doesn't get to be the leading man that much. Nah. So he's not in this, but he's the he's the older mentor, which is you know. Good enough, but he I would guess. not be joking though. Like even in the original, you the closest know. thing to a joke he does is, "I'll throw this acorn at you." Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's mainly him talking about how much he My loves his family and friends. Yeah, and we're great when sorcerers. When he is but... talking about mims and stuff, like that's the times where I was like, this is Willow. He loves yeah. people. He loves his family. He loves his family. Mm-hmm. Which, and then maybe this is going to be for later seasons. Um, I want to know like what happened to his wife and his son because we see yeah, his, his daughter. daughter. He has two kids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We see his daughter. We see his daughter who in this show is played by Warwick Davis's actual daughter. <gasps> that's uh, right. Wow. So that's cool. Um, that is cool. But we I don't see his son and, and his, his wife. And I think he kind of hints at something might have happened to them. But maybe that'll be explored later on. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like a big family guy in the movie too. It's like. Yeah. That was kind of his thing. Yeah. I, I want to learn magic and I have a family. He wanted to get rid of this baby and pass it off to a daikini so he could go home to his family and Aww. keep living his life. Wait till next yeah. year to pick the right finger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But The high old one. But he's, he, do, he does, and Warwick Davis personally, he's doing fine against some of the writing. It's, it's good to see him yeah. in his role. And like, again, he's kind of the Yoda to, uh, you know... Alana Doran. I can't remember the names, man. Alanis Morissette. Laura right. Yeah, Laura Dannon in Tel Aviv. Alanis Morissette. Uh, he's doing the Yoda stuff. Yeah, he teach her to lift yeah. a rock. And it's cool to see him in a mentorship role now where, you know, he was being mentored but in he's, the first movie. Yeah. yeah, but he's also got kind of a reluctance where he's like, he's kind of unsure of himself. And even in the end, when they're all making faith to go to the immemorial city he turns back he's like i need to go home like this is for you young people but then in the end he comes back and saves them right that's uh, that that's a luke skywalker thing too though from like the last Jedi and stuff like yeah it's, I don't believe in myself a- after saving the galaxy it's like the same beat you know right it it's to me an unfortunate um abandonment of what I liked about the first one what is which is that he defeats Bavmorta with a trick or his intelligence the pig right. trick right and sort mm-hmm. of outwits her and this the old willow would outwit somebody but now it's just like do you want to have a harry potter slash yeah you know uh, fucking star wars everybody's magic has their own color that looks super cool they should have had a lord dan and come up with shalindria's wand and give it to him he just throws it over his shoulder yeah skywalker style right they should have shot a green blade out of the end of it jake (laughs) yeah and then kit could have been absorbing evil blue lightning with her two blades crossed you know (laughs) Right. Uh, that would have been super it is his big, uh, his Somehow Bad Mortar returned. Mad Mardigan's oh man, Sith Clone of Mad Mardigan speaking yeah. to her. Use the force, kid. It was all for you, kid. Right. <laughs> what? But Colin, you're right. Like his big secret is that he's not a great sorcerer and he defeated Bav Morta with a trick essentially in her own like she just kind of stumbles over over yes. her stuff in the movie and dies. And he kind of lives off that reputation 
as now High Aldwin, where people thought, oh, you defeated the mighty Bav Morda, so you must be a great sorcerer. And he's like, well, I kind of just tricked her, and I'm not really yeah. that good at magic, so... They acknowledge it in the possession episode. He has that great line. I didn't mm-hmm. beat you with magic. I'll beat you the same way I did last time with my friends. With and my then we friends. get our, our main yes. trio of supporting characters kind of burst through. Oh, you just good. get this great shot. Um, it's just there imagery like that. And then I want to transition to, I guess, should I just do 20 minutes on what I think is one of the greatest achievements in television? The seventh episode. Um, yeah. Beyond beyond the shattered sea, which has imagery like the the what you could just literally I hope they sold the show on the the silhouetted backshot of your party together on that mirrored glass ground, you know, of Wales, where you're getting that incredible vast, you know, sky that just reflects forever. And you can just see what every member of your party is. Or again, that moment of them bursting through and doing the action mm-hmm. scene and the the very limited bit of the James Horner score from the original movie that they sort of pipe in to, you know, really pump you up are when I'm like, like, damn, Mike, I don't watch that fucking Amazon D and D cartoon Vox Machina or whatever the right, fuck right. that's called. I watch fucking this shit Willow. because like, this is what I picture in my mind fucking happening when I'm yeah. like, all right, Jacob rolled a five. Now we all have to like, you know, gather around for a charisma pose shot or something. Yeah. And like, and they it have feels a little big. Yeah. And they have a little side quest where they spend a night in the, in Bavmora's castle and they have to go through stuff. And they're in the mines with the trolls and they're people are stuff. finding equipment constantly. Like, yeah. like key items where it's like, this is the thing that powers the Kyber curious. I have one of three now to find yeah. the other two pieces. I'll have to travel north. <laughs> like you can just imagine like a map coming up, Mike, and you're like, doo, 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 like a little red X appearing exactly. in the distance. It's oh, yeah. quests. And uh, I guess we will be able to compare it to official D&D stuff soon because they have that movie coming out and there's a different show. So true. That is probably not even going to be related to the Chris Pine movie, but it's also D and D show. Yes, we will. We will have the Gang of Thieves or whatever it is called. We will. Yeah, that's our, what Wizards of the Coast crew. CEOs call themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the new news got them. Yeah, we we might be boycotting that. We'll see. No, we will destroy yeah, you. We are all that, powerful yeah. sorcerers. Okay, Wizards, watch out. Yeah, um, getting too greedy, right? They are indeed, but uh, that's neither here nor there. We will have more D and D content. But you're right, Colin. This is dead on. Even the way some of like I've seen people complaining because I don't know why more people don't like this show. Like, oh, everything's too convenient. It's like, well, in a D and D group, everything's going to be related to one of your characters because it has to be. Right. Like, it's fine. The session it has supports to the end story. Also. Yeah, and it's a group exactly. story for everybody in the party, and like everybody in the party has a function here. You know, it's perfect. Totally. Yeah. You I got dig. the. You know, the sorcerer, it's apprentice, Graydon, you got Borman, the treasure hunter, like it all kind of fits together in the yes. end. And they're all their side Barbarian. quests. Barbarian. Paladin leading the crew, her fighter steed, you know, her, her, mm-hmm. her trusted fighter at her side. Um, you've got fucking, I don't know, again, we talked about it, uh, a halfling uh, assassin who kind of gets killed halfway through, and then oh, a wrestling yeah. wizard who's just fucking blowing oh, stuff away. Level 20 NPC. <laughs> and like, so in this final episode, you get you get the stagecraft stuff, Jacob. We get this again. You're feeling this sort of like feel of like, okay, it seems like all Lucas properties going forward have to have like this type of humor. 
this type of plotting, should this have been a movie? Who knows? We'll talk about that too, I guess. But yeah, like instead it's a protracted TV show and we're going to use the volume, this sort of stagecraft look. But you also get practical sets, which are the the little Welsh man's fishing hut, right? Mm -hmm. You get a physical puppet for the Mudmander that looks gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And then you get the use of the stagecraft, which I think, in my opinion, goes beyond how Mando has used it, where instead of going like, well, we want to make very realistic backgrounds of like, you can see Jabba's palace in the distance. So now you as an actor, Jacob, can go, oh, Jabba's palace is up there. Oh, I've got the eyeline. Oh, we got to walk up to Jabba's palace. And that's the fucking okay. scene. And instead, you get the shattered sea, this this huge landmark that has been built up this entire show, and you get this use of it that is, we will make every scene look fake. We will have one scene where our two lead characters are having a heated discussion about how my dad liked you more than me, and I, you should have left me to drown in this water, and the sky will be stars, and the bottom will be stars, and that is yeah. all you will see as these two people look like they are lost in space having a conversation. And then the next scene will be a months-long training montage of a completely purple sky as you get this fucking visually striking look to it. I fucking loved that. Yeah, I thought the way they used it or integrated it into real sets was really well done. Like in the immemorial city, like a lot of that's a physical set, but then the the horizon the like, just goes off and on. Like obviously that's got to be volume, right? Like there's no yes. location that actually looks like that. Um, and it's just it's just a way to kind of make it look like it costs more than it actually did, probably. And I think that's the way the volume should be used, where it's kind of enhancing real sets, but it's integrated in a way that doesn't become super noticeable, and it just kind of enhances things, right? Yeah, yeah. When when you're in Tatooine and there's no foreground objects, it's a little rough. You yeah. Know? But to extend yeah, a physical, physical set, set element there. to a degree, yeah. stuff like yeah. that helps. But um, visually, the show does look pretty good. And as they get more towards shit going crazy, like I take one more step to be farther from home I've ever been for all these characters. Um, you feel like the campaign progressing towards this yes. threat, this more yeah. magical, they, they encounter more magical yes. things. Like, yeah, yeah. Just right. like the original movie. And like, the visuals are matching the storytelling, Mike. The final fall scene of that episode where it is just a release of emotion and break down and you have some people like Jacob said not wanting to take that leap of faith and our two lead characters step up and are basically crying after mending their relationship and getting everything out and one of them says you know what to do I'll do it with you because they know it'll make it easier for each other and they embrace right. I screamed out kiss I will be honest about that <laughs> not in a pervy way but I was so wrapped up in the emotion and then when they dive off again that's the volume I mean, that's just an additive right. weird. They're just in an endless void with a wind machine on them. Mm-hmm. But you feel the stakes. And you have Kid and Alora jump first. And then the two people that are in love with them, Jade to and To rush Raiden. forward. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but even like what you said with the Shattered Sea episode, when they're just kind of, you know, losing patience with each other, which, with each other on this long journey across the ocean where they're all cramped into this cabin and they're kind of like getting annoyed because they're just like, man, like, are we, like who even knows if it's out there? Like we're just going towards the edge of the world basically. And yeah, just the group dynamic is, is really strong. I think. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I really enjoyed it. And that end of that seventh episode, I was like, I thought I'd watched the whole series. I didn't realize that it had like, there was one more week coming. So I was like, dang, that's a and, crazy yeah. cliffhanger. And then to get episode eight, I was like, oh, okay, nice. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah, like you said, with Allure and Kit, you know, their relationship has grown. Now they trust each other. They believe in each other. And we find out that this was Mad Morgan's plan the whole time. The Chimerian Kuras kind of figures in because we find out that Kit is the one to make it work because she is Alora's protector. And that's what Mad Morgan wanted to happen <laughs> the whole time, yeah. obviously. We, we skipped the, the inclusion of uh, other 80s icon <laughs> Christian, Christian Slater, Slater that's as right. Allagash, sort of Allagash. the other squire, or maybe just partner to you have to. Yeah, he was. You have to wonder why Eric's name is an Allagash, <laughs> <laughs> right? So we find out. You know, they go into these this this tr- troll dungeon where they're mining. They take all the prisoners there. Uh, we meet Allagash, Christian Slater, who was part of Mad Mardigan's party when they were searching for the Chimerian Cutlass. Ass, whatever happens to uh, be in this very prison in this troll yes. cave where they are mining. They escape. We get to this um, this uh, Nelwyn, famous Nelwyn's burial tomb, who has the cuirass. But yeah. inside Jacob, as well, is to to talk about what you were saying. Is leading to it all is what Mad Mardigan is doing. Why why Val Kilmer is not in this is that he has left his body behind. To journey through a door that leads to the other side, where he has become the sword of Alora Danon, and all of this has been set up to set up Kit as the shield of Alora Danon. Right. Yeah. Sure. Dang. <laughs> so yeah. you hear all that. I've only seen these episodes again. once. <laughs> but Mike, again, I've watched these three times. Even now, well, I'm not go. That means nothing. Like it is. They well, are just throwing these terms. But it's it's yeah. fantasy world building. He's. You know, the worm, we're getting again this big idea that he is this creature of hell or another side. So Mad Mardigan knows that he has had to go beyond the pale to fight in the physical world, left his sword behind because he knows where he goes. A sword would do him not or some Mm -hmm. bullshit like that. But the main thing is, is he has chosen to leave the physical world, literally his kids, his wife, the people he loves behind to protect what he believes is a spiritual cause, which is this little Morgan. girl that his daughter is friends with. <laughs> and this is which, the, that's what worked. Yeah, this is the, the first movie. He leaves his family. Yeah. Anyway. Right. And after that is when they, is when kid has her big moment where it's like, so Allagash sacrifices himself so they can escape. And he's like, your dad only wanted to protect one thing. What's he's that? wrong about Alora Dannon. He's wrong. He's wrong. Oh, when yeah. he says and then Kit has he the left behind a power with you to protect what matters, I think he's just inferring that he means Laura Dannon. Uh-huh. I think what Mad Margan's saying is, my loved ones, I want you to protect your mother. I want you to have the power. Well, he wants to protect, protect Laura Dannon because Laura Dannon is the savior of the world, essentially. So yeah. if you believe in the prophecy that Laura Dannon is going to save the world, then you know that she's the most important thing to the world. So to, yeah. to protect Laura Dannon is to protect the entire world. So you're an Laura Dannon truther. You are admitting it. Here. You do <laughs> yes. follow Yeah. Prophecy. But then I think that's the great moment that Kit has where she's like, yes. why does my dad, like, why does my dad always choose you over me? And then it's she not falls fair. in that orange water and yeah right well it's like it's not it's not necessarily fair but it's like at the stake of the whole world and he was tasked with protecting Alora for like ever since he met up with Warwick Davis back then so he knows how important it is yeah. to the, the realm comes right around 
and it sucks. And you know what, Kit? Sometimes it's not about you. And she needed Sometimes to get that. Sometimes you're not the main character. Right. Even though you yeah. are the main character. like That's what not. Borman discovers. <laughs> yeah. He literally yeah. says out loud. I That's found his quest. out I'm not the main character. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. And he redeems himself because he, you know, obviously betrays. Or him and Allagash both betray Mad Mardigan at one point, And they it both feel like bad it. about it. Uh, Christian Slater was great, though. I, I loved his little cameo. And the way he introduces himself... He says, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Mad Mad, Mad Mardigan. But of course, Willow knows that he's not mm-hmm. Mad Mardigan. And you're so not Mad Mardigan, you're Alagash. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> very funny. Uh, very funny little role for him. And uh, yeah, good show. <laughs> good show. I don't know why people are Sums it up. giving it so much shit. I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's a lot are of the same. It's, yeah. it's, it's either woke or terrible or more shit. Oh. It's that, that kind of stuff. You and it's get like, a lot of the woke bullshit. I will uh, say my own personal gripes are to never hear anyone be like, oh, it's horrible what happened with Ballantine ever again. You never get a resolving well, fight with the Gales who are sort man. of the ring race to the entire thing the entire time. When literally, right. you again have three Gales and a shot of our three subheroes who match their forms of fighting like perfectly. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. That should get have been in the finale. But Colin, not even Valentine. But remember the first old guy that the they go old out with, Jacob. That- <laughs> I yeah, Queen Sosha. I must go on this quest because, of course, Prince Eric. I raised him as a son, for I have none my own. Yeah, that character it's dies, shot and by there the bone is reavers. no. They mention never mention him ever again. And, and he uh, dies for a joke, essentially. He's like, you've got to be careful out here in the wild. And then- oh, yeah. For all this talk of how much the, the Jonathan Casson and the writers team go like, let's mind this, let's mind this. There are all these things where you could be like, honor that guy. Honor the characters you put up. Have, have, it's funny that her name is Broomhilda. Have a joke about it, but then have it be revealed that it's like that was the name of the woman who stole Laura Dannon out and saved her life in the first place by putting her in the boat. I wanted to honor that woman by naming you Broomhilda. Have these have once again, be sincere to what you are setting up. And I promise you will find success in your storytelling. Mm. Yeah, I think my main issue is just, like I said, inconsistent writing where there's some moments that I think are really strong and then some moments like that where it's like miss potential and then you have these weird scenes like the wood cutting women which go nowhere know, do yeah, nothing like, he didn't know you Their were having a session is- that day the dm was just like uh wood cutting women ones. you right. meet two woodcutters oh i think they're, they're magical overall. i'm gonna stay and talk to them and mike that's weird your thing where you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. your character your player characters keep talking to an npc you baited you're like just leave him. He's just not. I just right. This guy and so then you bring in some trolls to kill him and to get the fuck out of here. Okay, yeah, like I have to move things along. Go. <laughs> and you roll the table to create them. Like and cowboy yes. hat. I that is Gab. That's the woman from uh, Ted Lasso or whatever. Uh, right. She gets this monologue. She gets a, a cool star. battle axe in a fight mm-hmm. scene and then dies. Yes. But I think their only purpose really was to show innocent people dying for Laura yes. Dan and for her to realize yes. like, oh shit, people are dying or whatever, yes. but very random. And then atypical, and again, you have, um, uh, Julian Glover, the amazing actor from yeah. a ton of Lucas stuff, but a maester, yeah. what was his name? Of course, the, from? the grand maester, uh, Picel, is that grand master Picel or whatever. Nice. From yeah. That, who plays the, the paladin of, of, of Kashmir. It's revealed or whatever, who starts his monologue by saying, we're all in the dream of a turtle. And he's having this like LSD, like dementia talk. Yeah. Like, 
this, well, I think like, I, we got to move. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I kind of tie that into, I think that he was supposed to be, he was searching for the princess of Kashmir, who is that girl that tricks Eric. Who, who I believe is the crone. Ago. I, right. I think just was the crone originally because wow. we hear, if you guys remember, Aaron Kellyman and Jade, or I'm sorry, Jade and Kit's first conversation is there was, uh, let me tell you my favorite story. There was once a princess of Kashmir who didn't want to marry, you know, any man. So she became a great warrior herself. Mm-hmm. Three right. times we hear the story of a princess of Kashmir, including from a girl who says, I am the princess of Kashmir. Yeah. yeah. Like, here's my story. There were I got people that that in Kashmir a long time ago. Learned stuff. Because Julian Glover was like a knight. Don't you know. know. Like super old man. Yeah. And it seems like her hmm. abuse of magic has made her the quote unquote crone immortal. Right. But she wants to appear as this young, I guess, Either Frida Kahlo was the actress was, who played her. Yeah. Frida. Yeah. I think. It was um, yeah. Um, but either she is the crone or she was like yeah. originally possessed by the crone back in the day. And it's just been is another a one of these the four like children, the blood of four children that she's after. Could, that be. could be that none of that's I don't know any of it. But of course, the show ends with the Book of Willow, volume one, being okay. closed and this put on a shelf about. with two other volumes. <laughs> OK, yeah, the most desperate plea for a renewal <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. God bless them, because I do think they need to make that known that they're like, we do have more to tell and we could wrap it up easily. I promise. But Jacob, yeah. my question is, does that mean the movie is also included in that first volume or wouldn't that was the, the first pre- volume yeah, be that was the movie? <laughs> this one would be the second and then right. they would go yeah. and a third story. Right. Yeah. And naming conventions are crap now. Um, by the way, <laughs> right. uh, the, the crone or the princess of Kashmir is played by Rosabelle Laurenti. Sellers, one of the sand right. snakes from Game of Thrones as well. Okay. So, oh, a lot of okay. Game of Thrones actors. How about that? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Julian Glover, Ralph Finneson, of course. Yeah. And a lot of solo actors. Like I said, Aaron Kellyman also was in that Winter Soldier uh, show, show yeah. that we didn't like that much. But. but a better use of her here where it's like she doesn't need to be the star. She can be the supporting player and have a good meaty role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think it's it's a good and valid show it's there's issues with it but it's it's better than rings of power like at least i i want more of this like i want the two more seasons and maybe then we can get the stuff with the gales because they were super awesome at the beginning i'm like look at these dark souls enemies this is crazy and then they really don't exist at at all such a letdown guy so give us more uh Junis Suatomo, who played Chewbacca in all the new Disney movies, That's obviously. Right. Also he was also actor. in Solo. Or a solo uh, actor. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So um, three actors from Solo in this movie, in the show. Um, Too many. And of course, in the end, we get uh, Graydon sacrifices himself. That's he's, right. He's not dead. He's maybe in some kind of dream now. And we see... Well, I would assume, like Mad Mardigan, he has been blasted, quote unquote, beyond the pale now. And his spirit body is, yes, maybe up against. Hmm. He's astral so projected gonna, now. So yeah. what do we think about, you know, what could the next season you know, what could happen? E- prediction? Evil Alora Dannon is appearing to him. I would say that is a projection from the worm, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Just that like Eric is the worm. earlier. Yeah. Um, also in that scene. So you see, you know, Alora Dannon, short hair and red, see all very the red hair. Things out She's in the, uh, yeah. All the uh, 
monsters Horses and fighting stuff. out there and you see the two-headed dragon from the movie yes yes of course yeah which Robert i didn't realize Sisson. that till after Cisco Bert, you caught me now <laughs> yes we get Skibert. so look <laughs> we get these awesome moments of the chimera curious powers up kit puts on an iron man armor like you said gets this fucking sword gets a fucking blade it's the a magical fight. girl anime moment. This is Sailor awesome. Moon. Like, she let's gets transform. a Sailor Moon dress Heck up. Yeah. You're totally right. Now, if we had had other fights, if Borman literally hadn't said, leave the gales to me and shut the door behind you, <laughs> this fight would be cool that the, the whole premise of it is that she is now fighting her possessed brother. The crone is defeated in this magic duel by a Laura Dannon. After great and sacrifice, she has enough internal magic to be shooting green lightning out of her fucking hands, Jacob, at this mm-hmm. fucking big CGI fucking uh what was the what's Judas the goal? No, 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 but what's the what's the guy what's Andy Circus's character in the Star Wars movies who likes gold, the weird twisted head guy? What's his name? Oh, oh uh, Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. yeah this, the this, this gold. Magic yeah. lightning Snoke. You know, yeah. she's having this fucking battle with Snoke. Mm-hmm. That that goes up. The crone possesses the brother and you get like what I'm thinking. I'm like, OK, this is like adventure. he's the Kylo Ren for the next season. It's all going to be mm-hmm. about his downfall versus his sister's rise. No, but they we get this it. showdown. Great, the instead, fight, possibly. yes, right. where the fight fucking sucks because it's built around this fucking glowing suit she has, and they fight in total darkness. But that means you don't get to see the whole fight in a show where they haven't shown you any fights. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, the the gales were underutilized. Um, That's your one fight. Foreman just yeah fights them off screen, and I thought in the first episode I was like, all right. The, the makeup and the effects on these guys are pretty cool. Like I'm pretty into them. Oh, first attack. They have unique stuff. Castle. I'm excited to see how they fight. That one girl's yeah. a harpy. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was awesome. One guy throws ninja stars. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, kid fucking takes one like <laughs> that's it's the other D and D thing of it too. Is it's like I just yeah I just bought a ninja star in town. They just had them. Yeah. So I bought them. But They're awesome. ten gold each, and yeah. then I so use like, it. Again, you're a DM. Your player character's like, I know we're in the wagon, but I'm gonna poke my head out. You're like, don't do that. She's like, so, no, I'm going to. And you're like, okay, roll for fucking evasive because you yeah, hit yeah. by a ninja star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just roll and say that's three damage. <laughs> that hit that hit you in the arm. You yeah, so that, that's fun. So yeah, you get a Naginata, all these weapons yeah. from all over the place, and it's like, yeah, that's all. Yeah, Willow has a flamethrower at one point, like you yeah. said. I have Again, a hatchet, yeah. effect, not used. And then yeah. ultimately, Alora Dannon holds Kit's hand after she has used her mighty Morphin Power Rangers suit mm-hmm. to kick his ass, and says, "Hey, you and me, what makes us best friends? We both know the power of love." Is the most powerful thing on the planet. They're like, right. oh, that's right. And, and even Eric possessed is like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Wandering I feel like- up is Willow, who has yeah. the staff that was not in the first movie. Shalendra's wand is like her magical conduit. We learn yeah. that Graydon's broken flute it's because flute. it has a yeah. great meaning to him as a powerful magical conduit. 
Willow has had this fucking dope ass Gandalf staff with a green stone on it. And you're like, the whole time you're watching the show, you're like, damn, that's a sick ass staff. And I guess you're supposed to think that because he walks up, takes the stone off and goes, all right, now here's a spell we're all familiar with. I'm going to whisper at this stone. You rub it on his face like you're some sort of girl on Facebook selling magic mm-hmm. rocks and, and tell him how much you fucking love him. And now this asshole is a part of our crew. And I guess a major character next season. Well, no, I like dark Eric. So, I like your pitch. I yeah. Eric dark and Eric. Great yeah. and kind of switch places. So I think next yes. season is going to be like Eric's part of the party now, but they have to save Graydon. But they su- but he sucks and they hate him, Jacob, because then I am pro yeah. that. <laughs> but it's going to start a whole love triangle with him and Graydon both being into a yes. love Dannon. Yes. She's got to pick between them. I think uh, Jade and Kit, they're doing their own thing. Um, I think that ship has yeah. sailed. Yeah. But I do like them. I do like the moment when Eric wakes up, good Eric again, and he and Willow says, You're gonna be all right. And he says, Who's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> He's that never is, met Willow before. That was yeah. maybe <laughs> the best joke of the whole show. Yeah, yeah that works. It uh, works. Yeah. I, I do I want more of the show. So that's I that's, think it's you know, it's no Game of Thrones to me. It's not even the Witcher show no. to me in terms of quality, but it is better. Then okay. things of power, like you but, said, and it's watchable enough to me that I House of the Dragons. But you're you're naming yeah. all these things, Jacob, where you can see why Disney Plus would go. Jesus Christ, we don't have one of those. I'm ex CEO Bob Chappick. I'm about to get right. fucking fired in a fucking. What do we have in our backlog? Willow. What do yeah. we have where fucking idiots wave swords and say oogie boogie magic, you know, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, right. we have. Well, sir, you know, we have this thing called Willow that no one has allowed to greenlight a sequel movie to, and you get the idea that they rushed this out to compete with that stuff. Now, do we get a season two? I ask you, I say all that, and I ask you this to say, is this enough of a feather in their cap where they go, we're just happy to be in the George Lucas business? Like, fucking, we can afford to lose on this because it pretty much seems yeah. like nobody's watching or talking about it. Mm-mm. Or well, how do they go the net? I don't know. But does do it really need the- to be for Disney Plus? You know what I mean? Like, well, for Disney Plus is now admitted to operating at a loss. But, Jacob, do they operate with the mentality that Netflix does where it's like, oh, five billion eyes didn't get on this? Destroy it immediately. Well, that's what I hate about Netflix, where it's like you got Neil Mm -hmm. Gaiman begging people to watch Sandman on Twitter or else it won't get a second season. It's like, come on, can't we like give some people like give these shows the benefit of the doubt a little bit? Like like I was saying, like sometimes you know, shows, they take a little bit to get an audience. Maybe they take a season or two. Game of Thrones season one was not a hit. Like it only became a hit over time because of word of mouth. So if you just can't, if, if Game of Thrones was canceled after one season, I mean, obviously went on to be a huge hit. Lost was another one where it's like word of mouth spread. And it's like these shows today, if they were put out by Netflix, would get canceled after a single season. Like, uh, Cowboy Bebop, you know, obviously there was mixed reception to that live action Cowboy Bebop, but you liked it, Colin. And I'm sure there's some and other people. And you spent that, so much yeah. money on it. Yeah. To immediately be like, oh, in the first week, it didn't do the numbers we wanted. It's gone. You know, it's just like. Yeah. Think of our favorite like series that we'll be getting back with yeah. shortly. Star Trek. Almost every single Star Trek would be canceled after season yeah. one, except for Strange Guaranteed. New Worlds by that metric, because the season ones and twos are generally kind of rough with all those right. shows. 
that's not what that's not how TV like works normally. Like it takes some time to yeah. build Get your good stride. mouth. Yeah. You it find takes out. some time for the characters to gel. The first season of the American office was notoriously like bad and like once they further refine the characters and their relationships, that's when it really hit in the second season. So mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta give these shows some time. And I think I you know, I think this would should definitely get a second season and it's watchable enough. I'd rather have a second season of this than than Rings of Power, like you said. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And one of those things is already guaranteed for a second season, and it's not this. Yeah. So and they have to make a second season of that just because they already sunk so much yeah, money. That is hubris. <laughs> yeah, that is a billion dollars of even worse writing than this. That's the thing. Like there are some issues with this, but I, I was thoroughly entertained. I think it's fun. Again, it reminds me of Xena vibes like it's it's fun it's yeah. a little lighthearted, you know not taking itself too seriously no no but when when it does take itself seriously i think the the core arcs of the characters work so yeah yeah it's got a big it's got heart strong characters yeah <laughs> an ensemble that i will show up for regardless of whatever situations are around that's how you kind of know you have a strong character show which is what i think this is yeah, and you give a year to see who meshes, what the real chemistries are, and then that affects the decisions with storytelling and what kind of characters you put together in your little, when you split the party inevitably and stuff, yeah. you know, how do we want And then f- you, yeah, and when you become a Kit, Kit Dora shipper like me, that's, yeah, that's how we're founded. Yeah, like, you, right. yeah. you shift over, yeah, yeah, I'm Next Borman Grayson. <laughs> You got Jade thinking about like, oh, do I side with the Bone Reavers, my my original family, or with you know Tira's lean? You can kind of delve into that. We You've get got, the answer on Graydon pushing his brother out. It seemed like he was possessed when he killed his brother originally. Has this all been the grand scheme of the worm? Is he the harbinger? Right. Right. Using Lauren's yeah, form there. to lure him to the dark side. Hmm. It also seems like literally they have to return from where their quest ended. And I really love that gimmick, too, that they turn around and go, all right. We're going to go well, all the way back. <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah, right. You, yeah. you really do respect that Gandalf brought those birds at the end because he's like, we're not turning around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they, they're in back again. They only got there. Yeah. Season oh. two is the back again. Yeah. 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 We're so a we movie say, to wrap it up? I don't know. I just three, want more. One season in a movie. Season. That's what they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, Disney Plus, if you're listening, uh, what's his name? The the guy that came back. Now Bob Iger. Yeah. Iger. <laughs> Who, listen, again, listen I just worry Iger. that Jacob, he says like the failures of the past because it turned out that Bob Chappick was like right. hiding all this money in Disney Plus as a streaming service. Like, I really feel like he just might be tightening the belt there, but you go like... But you only have so many chances at these specific properties. Like that would be like if you had an Indiana Jones TV show that you were like, well, we just don't believe in this anymore. Well, then you can't go back to Indiana Jones. You've poisoned that well. Do you you want to pull the trigger? You really want to have to go to Warwick Davis's trailer and be like, sorry, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not getting a second season. What? No, of course not. Well, no. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> sad. Yeah, come on. Man. Yeah, It'd break my heart. Well, when you see the behind the scenes, it seems like everyone had a lot of fun making it, like cast and yeah. crew. You know, it's like a good energy around the production, at least. The yeah, volume's I was actually watching cheap. some behind the scenes stuff, and uh, they're just joking a lot. And like, this seems like the cast really got along. So, 
Tony Rivaluri like denim. rented a church to live in that was like a converted space there in Wales, and they would all crash there like every night. So the whole place just ended up just like living in one place together. And I think you can feel that camaraderie too. Yeah. Dang, yeah, I buy it. I buy it. Yeah, give us more Willow, please. Ah, more Willow. We're starting more. the petition it sucks. tonight. It's I truly laugh. I was like, I hate that movie. What do you mean you're watching this? I said to you guys, like, that mm-hmm. seems dumb. I and now yeah. here we are where I'm like defending the fact that my favorite character was walked down the aisle to a Bruce Springsteen song in a medieval fantasy show. It's like, how right. dare you? Yeah, we didn't even yeah. talk about the anachronistic song choices, but I don't know how I you want guys my MTV. felt about them. I don't oh mind God. it. Money for nothing. I, I really did not like it. And then the minute Enter the boss Sandman. song started, I was like, I defend all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess who's Some back? The first one that they much. dropped. I'm like, yeah. Black Hole Sun, Enter that Sandman. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's fine. It's I don't, fun. I, I love a nice tale. poison the yeah, world. Yeah, nice tale. Yes, yes. Come on. Right. <laughs> Come on. It's totally chronistic if a nice tale is accurate. Yeah, I guess. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. It's totally chronistic. It's, I just coined that term. A man can change his stars. Um, That's right. Well, let's go talk final thoughts and, you know, wrap it up on Willow here. Right after this. She's trying to grow the bush, and there's that's like a funny comedy bit where where she's like, "No, why are you saying it? Like you're saying it wrong. Say exactly how yes. I say." Mm-hmm. No, that's very funny. no, not like that. I picked very the wrong good. finger too. <laughs> yes, like that, that stuff is good. Yes. All <laughs> that stuff is good. <laughs> right. Look, yeah, we're so back. Here. We're here. Unnormies <laughs> like us. We're 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 <laughs> about to leave Tirasli and leave the Willow word behind. Which I want to say this, Mike. Mm-hmm. This is like. I feel like this has become like my Cobra Kai where I'm like yeah. getting you guys like excited about this dumb fantasy ensemble Sequel that to has a random like, 80s franchise with teenagers. Has corny teenage yeah. moments and humor that I'm also like, yes, but that's like part of why it's good. And I like right. it's, it's everybody's everyone. Someone's child from the original. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you know, they're going to just truly across the board. Anybody that's still alive, they're going to, if there was a season two, they would build it around and bring them back. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, probably more Joanne Whaley. I would have to imagine for season two, I would bet they'd be for up the, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we'll mention real quick and say that if you're not aware, please watch the documentary Val on Amazon. But if you're not aware mm-hmm. of what's going on with Val Kilmer, he has throat cancer, had a very serious procedure, tracheotomy, has his throat removed. He just cannot he talk. He basically can't talk. He yeah. is retired from acting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has been in, you know, obviously the Iceman came back. God bless yeah. you, Admiral. Um, but, but they gave his character throat cancer because that's, that's the only way he yes. can bring him back. And it's not going to happen for this. So, again, giving up his physical body and just having it be the spirit voice, which yeah. is their son uh, between Joe and Waylon and Val. Jack Kilmer, who I don't yeah. think does a very good impression of his dad just because he leans too much in sort of like the up L.A., you know, California woe dude uh, stuff. Which kind of sounds like the, young Mad yeah. Mardigan because he's, I looked yeah. up, he's like 27. So he's like supposed yeah. to be, you know, Mad Mardigan from the movie, basically. Yeah, basically. I guess so. There's a peck here with an acorn. 
Yeah, luckily they're not throwing the word echo around too much anymore. <laughs> right, uh, that's right. most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, we can't um, use that word just anymore. Calling him a peck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 all that to say, it is. I just want more because I want us to have more fun episodes where one of us is getting so excited to share it with like the our other hosts. And yeah. for some reason, and I wouldn't have guessed in a billion years. For me, it's this fucking dumb show. And God, we're here talking Willow. Willow. Can you yeah. believe it? Well, look, you know me. I think I said on here before, I like fantasy. And even if it's bad fantasy, I'll still be there and watch it because, you know, there's just not enough shows like this. And, Except for uh, The Rings of Power. You didn't finish that. But like, that. Jacob, <laughs> that was, you didn't watch Rings of Power? <laughs> Did you watch The Witcher spinoff? Yeah. I, I started yet. it. It's much worse than this. I've heard it's really bad too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got Michelle Yeoh in it, so it can't be it. all bad. But it can't be all bad. It's all right, yeah. but this is a, already a better ensemble. Like I'm four episodes okay. in, three or four. It's all right, but this is stronger. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. And we need more lighthearted, kind of fun fantasy like this. Like I'm excited mm-hmm. for the D and D movie with Chris Pine and, and all that. But mm-hmm. like, I love my game of Thrones and stuff, but sometimes you got, you had enough of grim dark and you just want to have fun on a yes. little fantasy D and D campaign. I, I don't even we think need it's princess the bride level stuff. Yes. It's just yeah. the lightheartedness. Yeah. Yeah. But this genre is, I think it's hard up for that level. Like in yeah. the current era, like lighthearted fantasy is a genre that's, we don't have a ton of right now. Yeah. Everything so. wants to be game of Thrones, which is understandable, yeah. but you know, sometimes you just want to have fun. Yeah, more things need to be like Willow. Uh, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes here, and it's an 86 with critics and okay. a 60% with audiences. So I was uh, only okay. looking up reviews on YouTube vanilla just because I was like, I want to see people who like this show. And all the thumbnails are just like disaster, garbage, dumpster fire. And I'm like, what the fuck? But oh, really? it seems the critic score is more charitable and even 60 percent is better than well it's what the probably the same would suggest. people it is the same people but yeah. i wish people that complain about Star Wars have conversations and... if you like this is what i'm trying to say because right now yes. the voices Please. aren't very loud at least on youtube and that's a bummer because i think this is well, a it's like, you know, people that are like people are like oh they're ruining like like willow is sacred you don't like, even really like willow you didn't even sacred? think about willow yeah. in 20 years <laughs> there, there aren't lesbians in tiras lean you can't You're ruin like, willow what are you talking about <laughs> Right, like Jesus. Um, not enough brownies, though. Um, but yeah. I did like that scene oh where they walk Pollock up to their balcony. Character. Yeah. You, can you imagine, Mike? <laughs> like Kevin Pollock, who's been in a zillion movies, almost seemed like he was too good to come back for it. Just the fact that he like they're like, "Oh my God, do you want to go on this adventure?" And he's like, "No, not at all. <laughs> not no. at all." <laughs> but yeah, where they're in prison by the Bone Reavers just happens to be. Uh, we live here Where too. Where is ha- his house? This is, is my I daughter. Guess. She wears a graphic T-shirt. We're doing our yeah. bad French accent still. And yeah, where's the wow. other guy? Oh, he died, or he? No, he didn't die. He moved. He's south. gone. Yeah, he's sadly <laughs> gone. Yeah. And then yeah, he but- moved south. <laughs> we need. I need yeah. a brownie on the quest in season two. Just sitting on somebody's shoulder, hanging out. I, I want. I want a little cut a rope. You know, we, roll a barrel off the cart. There were so many fantasy elements in the movie. We know fairies exist because we saw the queen of them, Cinderella. It's like make a fairy a main character yeah. in the Raziel, the sorceress. The yeah, mm-hmm. she up to. I but we she is given that they have Cinderella's wand, and that was seemed like uh, the other sorceress's main weapon. I would assume she'd pass because it seems like she was the teacher role to Willow. Yeah, almost. Yeah. She went. She shot, showed Mad Mardigan how to go across the veil. 
you know, yeah, probably. how to become a force ghost. She learned yeah, that right. first. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's my final thought. There's a lot of ways you could go. I appreciate the important thing is, uh, yeah, make a season two. Mr. Bob Iger, listen to us. It's three votes for for a new season. Three watchers right here. It's not going to happen. Can Collins watch it three times? That's that's five watchers. That's so many many completions of the audience. Is that what you want? I'm going to watch it again now. I'm not kidding. Now that I've seen the movie, I am going to rewatch it. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, Because I do think it's. It's just good vibes. It's it's kind of like the Sonic movie. It's just a force for good. It's just a good thing that's out there in the world. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah. You don't need to be having a row. Just be it good. It just gets that's me right. hungry for D&D, Mike. I want to stretch that imagination itch. I'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. it just makes me be like, here's what I would do on that quest. Here's, oh, I'd, I'd be this crew member who would be, I'm Scooter the, the Hat. And I'm from Kashmir and... Uh, you found the the yeah. curious of curiosity. Like, oh shit, yeah. what's that do? You know, I give him a magic. Power it up. Yeah, that's cool. Once I'm a day. It. Yeah, well, that's Willow, everybody. Well, I thank everybody for coming along on this journey. Now we have to turn around and go all the way back. So please oh, do one no. X reverse on this for the entire duration, listeners. Yeah, and get all the way to the beginning, just like the crew of Willow will have to do in season two. Please, but, yeah, this is great. Please. Write out to us. Let us know if you watch this. If Willow was a big important thing to you, if you weren't one of the people who was like, "No, I'm with society. I reject this thing." If fucking, if my son's name is Mad Mardigan, if that's you out there, hit mm-hmm. us up at Normies underscore like underscore us. We would love to hear that across all our socials. Hit us up on YouTube as well. They could have recast Mads Mads Mardigan, Mads Mickelson to be Mads Mardigan. <laughs> anyway that's his superpower he gets recast as those people he'd be like this it fits it's basically my name i'm I'm old you know there's there's someone out there that willow is like their star wars and madame mardigan is like their hero their number Mm -hmm. one hero in the world oh i will say this real quick do you guys know um once this bomb uh george lucas was like oh i don't give a shit anymore Gave the rights to super famous comic book writer Chris Claremont, who, of course, like invented half the X-Men, you know, Kitty Pride, mm. Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine. Oh, that's like, the good generation. All these fucking like truly the all generation. the X-Men, you know, he was like, OK, well, can I write Willow follow up books? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. So there's a trilogy oh. of books called, I think, the Shadow Catcher trilogy, Shadow mm. Mage, Shadow Thief, Shadow Master, some, or like Shadow Star, something like huh. that. Yeah. I wonder how canon that is now. All gone because here's Uh, the opening scene. Basically, a nuclear magic bomb goes off that blows up Mad Mardigan and Sorsha in the first scene. And like Willow is like scarred and goes by the name (laughs) like... Battle master from and like Alora Dannon was raised as like a celebrity. So she's like a spoiled brat and stuff. So you uh, almost wonder if they just went like complete 180 on it. That's like the star Wars novel expanded canon that existed before the Disney movie started coming out. Where well, Thrawn is have, the villain. It is Han called and shadow, empire. Yeah. Shatter, yeah. shadow empire. Yeah. yeah. A shattered yeah. sea well, empire. <laughs> that sounds interesting. I don't know if that sounds. Yeah. Good. That's the grim dark reboot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, interestingly, Don't check that out. there is other Willow content. There's a couple of video games that I ever played, I think, in the 16-bit era. Genesis, Super Ooh. Nintendo, there's a platformer and stuff, but I, I never played Some them. fucking myself. toys I saw. I might start getting a bunch of Willow merch. I want a curly stick. Out. You know what? We got to get Willow while the stock is low. We got to get in <laughs> yeah. now. Yes, we also have a friend who is a wizard now, so we could get on the wizard aesthetic. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. That's true. And Wizards Mike, and you've seen uh, Reservation Dogs, right? Yes. Of course, there's one of the main characters in Reservation Dog is named Alora Dannon because her mom watched Willow when she was right. pregnant with her. Right. Thought it was a very oh special goodness. name. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Alora. She's like, yeah, my name's Alora Dannon. Alora Dannon, and everyone just <laughs> wow. calls her Alora Dannon. <laughs> yes, some that's people incredible. in the Willow fandom believe Dannon is just the. Uh, title of sorcerer and they do it at the end so it's like he would be like graydon dan huh. i don't know will willow dan willow dan interesting sure. as we'll explore it in season two book two whatever it is uh it's come back then, come out. otherwise we've been your host this is uh i'll be calling orsha this time i'll just tell me mike martigan and this is the greatest podcast dan <laughs> you are great mike mad mike again you are great you know doing this podcast once is worth a thousand deaths uh listeners so <laughs> thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time poetry yeah bye bye My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.